This is Chat Dragon, a talk show and actual play podcast about sci-fi, fantasy, and the world's most beloved game of make-believe, Dungeons and Dragons. My name is Jared, and I'm your host. I am a newspaper reporter by day and a dungeon master by night. I decided to start this podcast for purely selfish reasons, and that is to have a reason to talk to interesting people about interesting topics all through the lens of D&D. Each episode, I talk to friends, family members, and tabletop role-playing creatives about this beloved hobby. The conversations are driven by dice, and the games driven by our imaginations. I guess, Trevor, now that we're in the kind of a debriefing mode, uh, how did it go? Did you have fun? Did you not have fun? Was your, what was your, I guess, what, was, what were you feeling? Well, I, yeah, I had a blast. I had a lot of fun once I got to start murdering people. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, kind of. It, it was fun to, to kind of start using the environment. Um, I'm glad we took the time to really fill out the space because I feel like really, really it was the environmental stuff that wound up being uh, my, my best weapon. I didn't really have any success with my sword. When I tried to use it, all I did was, was break uh, Joseph St. or... Joseph St. Josephine, is that his name? Jason St. Josephine. Um, just broke his hand. So, yeah, I'm glad we took the time to do that. That was a lot of fun. So, um, I guess, since we're kind of doing the interview portion now, I guess, um, could you tell me a little bit about your, um, what's your background with D&D or role-playing games in general? So, I haven't played a ton of D&D. I really only started playing in 2020. Um, I would say, so the first time I played was like Christmas, I guess 2019, uh, with you and your son, and we did a Rick and Morty, uh, what would you call that, play, version, I don't know, game, um, and that was a lot of fun, and then we, we, we played a few more times, so, uh, it's, you know, we kind of tracked the pandemic by D&D, because we played right at the beginning of it, it was the last in-person event, that I, I did right before everything, you know, all hell broke loose, essentially. Um, and then, you know, it was one of the first social activities we did virtually. And then now we're kind of back to playing um, again, now that things are kind of hopefully seeming to come to an end. So, um, yeah, it's definitely kind of been a pandemic activity, oddly. But hopefully, you know, it's a lot of fun, so we keep playing. I hope we don't need a pandemic to, to play. Yeah. Um, so how does uh, this particular game compare to uh, previous games you've played? Well, it's interesting. Um, I feel like this is maybe the most grounded game. Um, I usually like to make my characters real eccentric. And it was an interesting uh, aspect of the game to kind of keep in the back of my mind that, you know, while part of the fun of, of this game for for future guests will be to inherit what the previous player did to the character. But it, it definitely kind of changes the way I think about um, progressing and using that character because I don't want to make it, like, inaccessibly outrageous. So that was definitely interesting. Um, and on, honestly, I feel like a lot of the other times we've played, they're kind of more quest-based. Um, and so there's not a lot of fighting all the time. I, I mean... It, one of our previous games in particular, I guess I forced myself into a lot of fights because, again, my character was just, he was a real, real idiot. 
Um, but I really enjoyed the fighting. And like I said, I thought the environment component was a lot of fun, kind of thinking through the things around me instead of just what, you know, my character has on their person. So, yeah, it was unique. Did you, I guess I'm kind of wondering, because normally when you play, you make a character, you might have a concept for a character, or you might uh, just make up the character on the fly. But in this case, you're kind of being given someone who has a little bit of a backstory. You're inheriting him, and you know people are going to inherit him from you, and so on and so forth. Um, does that change in any sort of way the decisions you make? Do you find yourself being more or less reckless in how you play, especially knowing that in this version of the game with these rules, uh, these characters can wind up like injured with like serious injuries, or it, do you think it didn't have an effect at all? It did. No, it certainly had an effect. Um, because I don't, you know, I don't want the character to be like totally wrecked by the time the next person comes. So I did think about it. Um, and then there's honestly knowing that it might be also fun. So it, it's a it's an interesting balance because on the one hand, I don't want to make it too too bad of a starting point for the next person that they can't really do much with the character. I also though part of the fun is to have to kind of inherit the scars and experiences. Um, so it was, I think maybe when we started, I was trying to be a little bit more conservative uh, with what I was having the character do. Um, and then by the end of it, he's a pyromaniac madman. So, you know, I guess there was there was some progression there. But I, yeah, it certainly made me be a bit more thoughtful. How do you, I guess, too, I guess thinking about this, um, you know, we don't really know Odd and the sidekicks story before this, you know, we we know that they were in this card game, but without knowing what came before, what came after, how does that play into the way you role play? I guess it's going to come afterwards. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think I think it was kind of seen when the game started. I was not quick, you know, um, my character was not quick to jump in to involve himself kind of knowing that a lot of Todd's other sidekicks, they don't always survive. So that bit of backstory was helpful. And then, again, I wasn't trying to jump right into the fight. I was trying to de-escalate. So I think the the backstory of, of knowing that you can't really rely on Todd, that Todd has a bad reputation, like I said, it kind of, I kind of made me be a lot more hesitant to start. Then cool. ask the question. I think so. I think it was really fun too. How you, um, you, you, you like jumped right in. You were very creative with like using the scenes, and I thought that was really fun and interesting to see you play through it. Because I feel like I've tried to introduce this sort of mashup of rules with other people, and um, certain groups they want like they want very binary decisions. I have a long sword. I swipe with my long sword. Not have to be so creative. So I guess um, you know, when you, I guess, I guess like what, how do you, I guess when you're role playing, what, what are some of the things you're like looking for in a scene to kind of, um, I, cause you seem like you're really good at, it. you're a creative person. So what are some of the things you're looking for? Um, or were you looking to, I guess, I guess what was your reaction, I guess, to that um, element? I know you said you liked it. So um, did it, was it hard for you to kind of grasp at first or cause you seem to kind of just be natural at it? Well, I think the fact that 
you did a good job of, of taking the time to a let me populate it so I kind of had some investment in it you weren't just telling me what was around me so maybe you know it, it stuck out in my mind and then you also made a point to explain that yeah you can use these things um, so I think right off the bat before we even started playing I started thinking about it and I guess what I look for is I want it to be I want to I want to you know role play I want to feel like I'm there so it's it wouldn't be realistic to only fight with what I have uh which is a sword and and plus I do think it's you know I kind of want to be somewhat unexpected you know just I I didn't anticipate doing any of the things I did so it was it was fun for me too just to kind of you know I don't know do things I I wasn't expecting to do um I don't know. That's probably not a good answer, but I, honestly, I just thought you did a good job. It just kind of came naturally to to start pulling the stuff out, um, and it maybe even came from the fact that like, at first, again, I wasn't really trying to um, engage in a big fight, so I, I immediately was trying to de-escalate by using what was around me, and then it just evolved from there. Yeah. Um, I guess just to kind of shift focus, I mean, I would say we, I probably started playing role playing games. A little bit before you, but not much before you. Um, I was like pretty into game board games for a while, but I always kind of really wanted to get into role playing games. Um, but I guess what for you? I mean, yeah, we're brothers, but we don't. You know, we're you're in your late twenties. I'm in my early thirties, so we haven't lived with each other for just a decade or more. So I guess why did it take you so long? Do you think to get into this stuff? Yeah, I think part of it is because I was coming of age sort of at the same time that video games were really kind of hitting their stride. Um, specifically, online play really became much more of a normal activity for people. Um, and so I think, you know, in previous generations, if you wanted to hang out with your friends, you'd have to be in person and kind of naturally you might find yourself playing board games and then you just probably keep leveling up in terms of, you know, complexity or eventually you would get to a more role-playing type style like D&D. &D. And so, you know, for me, when I was in high school, if people wanted to hang out with each other, with their friends, well, they would just hop on Call of Duty. And, I mean, that's still, I think, the case for a lot of folks, but I also think, you know, we're, we're probably at this point where um, it's a lot, you know, people are now maybe looking just for other ways to engage with each other. And, and, I would, I would think maybe even during the pandemic, it was an interesting way when we're all craving human interaction to, to see and talk and be creative. Um, and then, you know, as we're coming out of the pandemic, it's a good way to be together with people, which I think maybe, you know, wasn't always as high of a priority um, when I was growing up. So, yeah. I know we talked about this in the past, but like, sort of seems like we always had interests that were role-playing adjacent sort of interests into reading fantasy sci-fi our dad read a lot of fantasy i think he played D, D when he was young we saw lord of the rings went to the comic book shop did all that stuff and it just sort of seems for whatever reason we just never found the right friends at least i never really found the right friends in my early years that would have it's even been an interest this would have been even been an interest for you know i don't know if you agree with that or not but um well first off yeah i actually remember finding our father's dice and 
when I did being so confused by it, you know, cause I'm so used to just the standard, um, die. So anyways, yeah. So definitely have, have very vivid memories of that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think for me, I mean, I have friends who, who like fantasy, who, who enjoy kind of the same stuff. And I, I certainly think if I were to ask them to play, I, I think they would try it. I don't know if it's something they would enjoy doing all the time. I, you know, I guess you never know until, until they sit down and play, but I guess, I don't know, you know, we we're busy. Um, I, I played some sports in high school and then I don't know. I guess it just never happened. Like I said, video games always seem to be the way m- my peers engaged with each other. And at that time, it was enough, unfortunately. Yeah. I guess, uh, too, I, I was kind of wondering, what are some of your... Uh, you've played a handful of times, and then we've kind of... We're on our second campaign together, and we did a couple one-shots. Who has been your favorite character that you've played so far? Why? Uh, that's a that's a difficult question because <laughs> all my as I think I mentioned all my other characters are are kind of depraved. I don't even remember his name, unfortunately. But I feel like my favorite character was um, the one I so I was playing a druid at the beginning of the pandemic, and he was just kind of he had I think he had like a bear skin that he wore, and he was this real just kind of bestial animal animalistic guy a lot of a lot of aggression but he had a really high-pitched voice so when he talked it's i said it sounded like a like a squirrel chirping um and he was just a lot of fun because he just i he always because he had this like temper and um he would always just get into fights and absurd situations so it was kind of fun just having to figure out how to get out of him you know randomly getting into because never yeah yeah just randomly getting into bad situations i'll say it's a little bit self-destructive would you say it's very self-destructive yes yes i've been pretty particular towards your i like your genome character he's a mm. he's a wannabe app developer uh in a in a fantasy world which i i kind of enjoy yeah yeah that that character, he's he's pretty fun. Um, he's actually maybe my one of my lesser. Like he actually seems kind of virtuous. Like he, you know, he he has his dream. He's looking for some angel investors to to help get it off the ground. So he has high hopes um, for for you know someone of smaller stature. So he's he's going to do big things, hopefully. I mean, since it's D and D, you might literally get an angel investor too. It might be a a, a holy who comes down and gives you what you need. I mean, I'll leave that up to the dungeon master, right? I gotta, I gotta wait and see. So, I'm into it, though. Yeah, I'll have to wait and see when I get in front of the computer and can type some stuff up. But, saying, who knows? I like, I like it. Um, so, I guess, you know, one of the things that I'm hoping to do with this podcast, and we'll see if it works over the next couple episodes is we just do kind of like some rapid fire questions all done using our dice. We've talked about this before. Um, we kind of did a pre podcast podcast to kind of figure all this out. So I'm just going to have you use your D 20 to roll and then they'll just 
we have some questions. We'll just go through uh, based on what you roll. Perfect. How many times should I roll? Let's do. Well, let's do it one at a time. So we'll okay. just maybe we'll do three questions, but we'll start with one and then answer that, and then go to the next one. Alrighty. One. Okay. So one. What did you eat for breakfast today? Oh, jeez. Well, I had a piece of whole grain toast with peanut butter, honey, chia seed, and cinnamon with a cup of canned coconut milk with um, turmeric and cocoa powder and coffee mixed together. Sounds pretty interesting. And since yeah. this is a D&D podcast, what do you think your character today had for breakfast? Marigold? Um, I think he probably had some stale bread and, and uh, some sort of like just starting to mold cheese. So it's a, it's a little fuzzy. Yeah. Do you think he drinks coffee or tea? I think he drinks ale. Ale? Is it like a coffee stout though or something like that? No, I, I think he, he goes more for the fruity, the fruitier beers. He, he likes a delicate, a delicate flavor. So like, what, like a grapefruit maybe or a, or a framboise? Oh yeah, um, that's kind of what raspberry, or at least the one I think I've had. Yeah, I think uh, more it's like a berry flavored because berries are. I, I think that's something you'd more commonly maybe find, like grapefruit, kind of specific, right? And got to maybe be in the right um, climate. But berries, berries are everywhere, so so maybe like some some blueberry flavored ale. I think Frambois translates to raspberry. I think the type of beer you're thinking of is called lambic. It's like okay. a wild. Frambois is actually strawberry, I think, in French. Oh no, you're right. And I think lambic is like a wild, it's like wild, beer using wild yeast that's just in the air or something like that. Strawberry in French. I'm just doing my own research here. Oh yeah, <laughs> okay. Right, so he drinks fruity beer. I guess he kind of comes from an artsy background. He drinks, he eats kind of crappy food. Do you think the food is a result of just the locales he finds himself in? Or is it just because that's his, what he prefers to eat? I'd say it's it's locale. I mean, well, first, I, you know, he's a sidekick, so he's not he's not making a ton of money. Um, so it's really all he can get. Todd takes. I mean, I guess he's just starting out working with him, but going forward, obviously, he takes most of the gold. So he's not going to have a lot of money. So and he cares more about having good quality drink than he does having, you know, interesting food. So Let's see. All right. Next question. Go ahead and roll your D20. 14. 14. Uh, what are some of the positives, if any, do you think there are from regularly playing D&D? Or any role-playing game, for that matter? Positives. Um, well, I think, first off, um, it's been really great in the pandemic, especially connecting with people who live in different cities, different states, uh our the other game we're playing you know we're, we're playing with our cousin who lives in chicago and, and we're both in michigan so it's really nice kind of getting to see him more frequently than i really ever would otherwise so i'd say that's really nice um and then just the general camaraderie you know you, you talk before you talk after so kind of just that human connection those bonds that that's great and i think the imagination is fun it's it's really 
it is, you know, it requires probably a different part of your brain than you use throughout, you know, most of your day otherwise. So I really enjoy that. Um, and, and storytelling, you know, that, that's another good, good quality that you kind of start to think about more. So, yeah. I would say too, I mean, and I might be wrong or out of turn on this, but just as an adult, you know, you're not usually encouraged to be goofy, childlike, have a sense of wonder and use your imagination. I watch my son kind of play and use his imagination. You know, we watch an episode of Dragon Ball Z and the next thing I know he's throwing Kamehameha's out at me, my girlfriend, our dog. And as an adult, you kind of get to this point, maybe you turn 18 and then it's life is supposed to be more serious. And so it, to, for me, it seems really nice because I get to act like a child when it's no longer maybe necessarily appropriate to be a child, even though it's within the constraints of one, two, three hours with these very specific rules. I'd agree with that. I would agree with that. I'd absolutely agree with that. And, you know, I think too, I think a lot of people don't give themselves enough credit for how creative they can be. Um, So I I think if you already have that opinion, if you maybe have that opinion, I think it'll surprise people um, what they're able to come up with once they start playing. I agree. And I think I've seen that with my girlfriend. Um, She's not like the biggest fan of role-playing games, but she's tried to play them. And she always says she doesn't really care for them because she doesn't feel super creative, like a creative person. And I think part of it is I was kind of in those early stages of being a dungeon master. So I wasn't, I was still kind of finding my voice how to do it. But I was always really impressed when I did play with her because she usually would take the lead on the you know, with the imagination coming up with things. And the people we played with were more sort of like trying to make those real binary decisions we talked about earlier, where it's sort of like I have a sword, I use a sword, you know. Whereas she is sort of, um, you know, I use that sword, but I, uh, I don't know, I use it to reflect the light and blind the the character or what have you, you know. And I. Th- I don't think she realizes like how creative she actually can be. Um, is, but she, I, I think she's kind of an example of what you're saying. Yeah, and I always really enjoy too. I think I've been fortunate because pretty much everybody I've played with, they get really into like the character and the personality traits. You know, we played with somebody else who uh, the character was a thief, and he really did a great job of like every decision he made. He put through that lens. Um, so it was really creative and then, you know, our other game, (laughs) it's just, it's, it's very silly. So I just, I really, I really do feel like I've been lucky in that when I play, because you're very complimentary and you said I did a good job of using the environment, but I feel like I've played with other people who are better at that than I am. And so it's always just made it really fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I mean, there are games you can take, play and take it real serious, but I like game where you can joke and maybe your character does something that doesn't make most sense like be an app developer in a world a fantasy world you know but i i just think that idea is so hilarious that it's like we're gonna make it work or ignore that that probably shouldn't be a thing you know um i appreciate that appreciate you not crushing my vision (laughs) well yeah see let's see so far <laughs> and it, okay go ahead and roll your dice oh sure 
11. 11. Uh, the question is, how long have you been playing D&D for? Which I think we already kind of touched on. You um, have only been, maybe been playing it for a little over a year at this point. So, on and off. Yeah, and and not not as consistently as I would have liked. So I would still consider myself pretty new, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, you, you didn't even own a, any RPG dice until prior to this podcast, right? No, yeah, and that's part of uh, playing online over the pandemic because I, I just didn't need them. The Owlbear Rodeo has a built-in feature, so I just use that primarily. It, there is something special, though. It's nice having, having the dice. That was something I wanted to ask you maybe towards the end. Oh, there's a train going by in the background. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to ask you analog or digital, you know, in terms of dice or play experience, you know? Would you prefer to be in person with a character sheet in front of you or rolling dice or would you prefer do you prefer to have like using D&D Beyond which we've used in the past and rolling digital dice uh, I'd say I'm analog I like the tactile sense I like the immediacy of it I like feeling connected I think ideally if we could all play in person that would be fun because it's just Sorry for the technical difficulties. During this portion of the podcast, we discovered that the Discord bot we were using to record our conversation had disconnected. My bad. All right, so uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulty. The last question I asked, I'm not sure if I made it on the podcast or not, or do you buy way more than most people? And you had said books, correct? Yeah, and again, I'm, I don't think I buy more than anybody else, but in terms of what I buy the most of for myself personally, I would say books. Yeah, and I was in, and I was trying to say that I I tend to have an allergy to spending money unnecessarily, but I tend to when it comes to books make the exception. I buy a lot of books as well, and more than I can read. So same. I definitely have some, have stacks around me. But I I always like to have those because I feel like for me it's always kind of this pleasure of I have some other interest that gets peaked, and then I have a book that matches that just waiting for me that at hand I can go and grab. Um, like I, I had like a biography of um, Joseph Stalin, and I forget what I was watching, but it was something about Soviet Russia. And I was like, oh, perfect. Now I have this because it just kind of flowed and built off of that other thing I was watching. So I like having stacks. I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. What are you reading right now? Right now I'm reading Team of Rivals by Doris Kearns Goodwin. It's a biography of Abraham Lincoln and the his uh, chief political opponents at the time that he then brought into his cabinet. Something about reading about a country, um, you know, in conflict with itself is is imminently appealing at the moment for some for some reason. Sounds like a good book. It, it's a uh, nonfiction. I take it. It's history. Yeah, I know. I've just said two nonfiction books. I I prefer to read fiction, but lately I just have been really getting drawn into um, nonfiction or kind of political history, political philosophy type books. So. The last fiction book I read, uh, as you, as I believe you know, was um, the first book of the Expanse. So that was, what was that one called? Leviathan Wakes. That's what that one's called, I think. 
And what did you think of it? I enjoyed it. I thought it was, you know, I, I'd seen the show, so I knew what to expect. But I enjoyed it. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the world and kind of the grounded approach to sci-fi that it takes. So I liked it. I thought it really kind of it hits its stride about, I don't know, halfway through when your two narrators meet up with each other. And then it, it really gets going. It's enjoyable. I'm, I'll, probably, I'll probably keep going with the series. I would say, like, for this show, I mean, this is way off in the future, getting one of those guys, because it's two authors, on would be, like, pretty cool, because they're, at least, because they're both role-playing game enthusiasts, and at least the one, uh, I think it's Ty, Ty, Ty Frank, he yeah. was, like, George R. R. Martin's DM or something, and he created the world at, originally to be an RPG game, and then the other guy was like, hey, like this would be awesome as a book series, and then they ended up converting kind of a idea for an RPG game into a book series. I think Ty Frank may have been George R. R. Martin's assistant. I think he was too. But there's now there is an expanse game. So but I, I I don't think it's based on the rules he originally created it for. So Yeah, he works as the assistant of George R. R. Martin. And writes as James S. A. Corey with Daniel Abraham. I would be surprised if that guy was still the assistant. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how old this. It's just kind of like the first recommendation, recommended answer on Google. So it doesn't have like a date of when it was published. So that might be old. Yeah. He's. I mean, he's he's had his own success. So I, I would be kind of surprised too. Yeah. I mean, that I feel like franchise has really blown up. In the last couple of years, um, I mean, last time I was at the comic book shop, they have comic books based off of the show. You know, I'm not saying he's writing them, but it's his property. I'm sure he's got something, you know. He's got some royalties or something. Yeah, something's gone. He's probably busy, I would guess. For sure. Say for me, I know that you didn't ask, but the book I'm reading is actually historical fiction. Yeah, historical fiction and it's Drood and it's supposed to be about the last days of Charles Dickinson's or last four or five years of Charles Dickens life I guess he had written this book called something Edwin Drood and it was on it was an unfinished novel so it's supposed to be about like these last five years and he it's fiction so he I guess becomes obsessed with this character person he encountered named Drood and is like trying to search him out at least where i'm at in the book it's like an 800 page book and i'm only like 70 pages in and the narrator is his friend who's also like an opium addict or um so his narrative i guess is kind of can be kind of unreliable so you're not exactly sure if like everything like is the way it supposedly happened or whatever so um and dickens seems obsessed with this character this person Drood. And he wants to seek him out, and he's going to like Limehouse and like Whitechapel and stuff. Um, but some of the other people aren't really sure if he's a real person or not. So I'm wondering if he's just the character. I'm wondering if Dickens isn't like insane or something. But interesting. I don't know. Sounds interesting. Yeah, it seems interesting. It could be interesting. So absolutely. Um, I guess maybe let's have you answer one more question and then we can uh, call it a day. Okay. Go ahead and roll. 
Five. Five. Uh, what scene in a movie always gives you goosebumps when you see it? Um, I would say... Honestly, the scene in a movie, it's, it's kind of... It's a sad one, but... Um, Every time I have the opportunity to watch the movie Big Fish, I seem to always take it. And so that kind of final scene where the sun is, I won't, I mean, I won't spoil anything too much, but like the sun is embracing the kind of storytelling style um, of his father at a kind of a big poignant moment. And then it, it goes and you kind of find out that all these stories that the son has gotten sick of and doesn't think are true that his father tells about his life, you find out that they are true. You know, he just maybe uh, dressed them up a little bit to be more interesting. And it, I don't know, it's just, it's an always, it's a really poignant kind of, kind of, I don't know, affecting scene for me. So, Big Fish, that, that would be it for me, I think. Tim Burton's Big Fish. Wasn't that a book as well? It was a book. I thought about getting it, and then, you know, you, you have to be careful or, or take Amazon reviews with a grain of salt. But I think I was reading some, and I, I believe they said it's, it's kind of different from the movie. And so something about it, something I read kind of discouraged me, so I never wound up getting it. But I probably should, because I really do enjoy the movie. It was, just when you mentioned Amazon reviews, it reminded me of something that is somewhat unrelated, but is, is an Amazon review thing. Um, I was looking up... Uh, like a manga, like I'm reading this this um, manga series right now called the 20th Century Boys, which is it's it's pretty good. I I'm I don't have to go too much into it, but I was looking up some other stuff by the author, and one of the reviews, a one star review, because they said the comic was printed backwards. I've seen that on more than one oh, view for manga comics, like people complaining that they're not. Um, printed the right way and just not aware that it's just that's how you read them you read them differently in japan so. yeah there's there's always a few uh really hilariously <laughs> out of touch amazon reviews people don't understand i forget what it was i, I mean i shouldn't even try because i really don't remember the context but i want to say it was like some movie like children of the corn we'll say and then the review is like this movie's not for children one star it's like yeah of course not like come on um yeah well this person was like i'm gonna i'm sending it back for a new copy hopefully it's right in the second one and i'm thinking you're gonna be disappointed buddy like or lady or whoever that's so funny anyways trevor we've come to our natural awkward conclusion where none better that's how we do it so I'm thinking, as we conclude, we should just stare into each other's eyes on Discord for about five minutes, have it be real strange for the listener, and then uh, I'll just shut it off. Sounds perfect. Let me light a <laughs> candle quickly. <laughs> just kidding. But anyways, thank you so much for being my first guest. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you for having me. Hopefully this, hopefully this becomes... A thing we can do regularly have you back on and uh have you continue to play the character of marigold thundercrack and uh I, I say this with all sincerity i hope it's not marigold i hope somebody gets real weird with him and he doesn't make it that far 
<laughs> well, it could happen. I mean, I guess that's not true. I hope he succeeds. I hope he has a good life, good character life. I don't know. Maybe if when he dies, we'll bring you back to be the the new sidekick first guest as the new sidekick. Maybe, or or you could force. Or I, I'd probably like to try and have to deal with other people's decisions. I think that that'd be fun. Get that other aspect yeah. of it. All right. Maybe right before he retires, then. Sure. Missing an arm, a few teeth. Who knows? Perfect. <laughs>